Good afternoon. Today's passage is uh, Amos chapter 5, verse 18 to 27. Church Bible uh, is page 768 if you want to use it because um, I will use Church Bible. 768 page and then um, also it is printed in in your bulletin. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from lion and a bear met him or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate I despise your feats, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings for your, of your fed and animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen. But let justice roll down like waters. And righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Did you bring to me sacrifice and offerings during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You shall take up Shikut, your king, and Kiyun, your star god, your image that you made for yourselves, and I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly ask that we may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk in the manner worthy of you. Lord, just being fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good works and increasing in the knowledge of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Why are justice and righteousness important? Why are justice and righteousness important? If not, our God denies our worship. In verse 21 of the text we read today, God uses two words. I hate, I despise. To affirm the word with a deep emotion about what he hates. In addition, in verse, uh, in addition that in verses from 21 to 23, the Hebrew word law, which means in English no or not, appears four times in conjunction with different verbs. Verse 21, I take no delight. Verse 22, I will not accept. And 22 again, I will not look upon them. And 23, I will not listen. The original Hebrew verb recorded in verse 21, as I take no delight, is ariha, derived from Hebrew word riach. Literal translation of the original text is that I will not smell. Hey, I hate the smell of your worship. I don't want to see your worship. I do not want to listen to your worship. Have we ever wondered if our God ever viewed our worship like this? Why was not accepted feasts and worships and even any just materials for the worship? 
What did God hate and despise? Three feasts that God himself told them to keep. Feast of the unleavened bread, Pentecost, and then Feast of the Tabernacles. And also worship ordained by God himself. Bond offerings, grain offerings, and peace offerings. I hate. Why? Why God said that? As northern Israel separates from the southern Judah, the feast and the worship established by God were arbitrarily, randomly changed by people of Israel, more clearly leaders and then just, a, just king at the time. Because they were afraid of the northern Israel, the people to go down to Judah to celebrate the feast, feast and then just uh, worship. So they were obviously probably the method, so they are afraid of. Anyway, they're afraid of the just people to, from Israel to go down to Judah. The king and the leaders kind of uh, changed the original worship and then just, uh, just a feast. Anyway, there were obviously probably the method and forms, but it was not just a liturgy problem in Amos. As a matter of fact, during the feast and the holy meetings, all Israelites' actions were evil before God. That was why God hates and then God just despised their worship. So it was nothing, their worship was nothing just before God. We can see what God really wanted from them in verse 24. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing streams. We have not learned everything about northern Israel and then understanding their context through the today text. But at least we can answer one question from the text we read today. Question, why are justice and righteousness, righteousness so important? God despises worship that lacks justice and righteousness. God hates to smell, see, touch, and hear that worship without justice and righteousness. God doesn't want to dwell among us if we do not practice justice and righteousness. Worshiping God without justice and righteousness is only detestable to him. This first question and its answer naturally leads us to ask at least two questions today. First, what are justice and righteousness which God really cares about? What does it mean? Justice and righteousness. If we understand the meaning of justice and righteousness more correctly, we will have the opportunity to offer the right worship to our God. Second question, then how do we practice justice and righteousness so that God would accept our worship and our life too? How can he please God through our justice and righteousness? That is the second question. To get answered uh, these two questions, I would like to read the book of Amos together. While reading it, I hope we can understand the historical background, the context of the Amos. Ultimately, it will help us to get more tangible answers for these two questions. What are justice and righteousness? And how do we practice justice and righteousness? Prophet Amos, according to Amos chapter 7, verse 10 to 17, the prophet Amos was not a resident of the northern Israel. As he himself revealed, he was a shepherd and a mulberry grower, like a, a tree grower. 
and from Tekoa, uh, 20 kilometers south of the Jerusalem. So he lived in southern Judea, southern Judah. So he was a resident of the Judah. And his name means that a person who builds a house. He was, the name is builder. So he went to northern Israel to proclaim God's word where moral and spiritual corruption was severe and proclaim God's judgment, not God's compliment. At the time, northern Israel was ruled by uh, uh, King Jeroboam, second King Jeroboam, King Jeroboam II. Second Kings 14 to 25 to 27 testifies to this situation, the, the context of the situation as, as follows. He is 25, verse 25. He, here is, he is King Jeroboam II. He restored the border of the Israel from Lubohamath as far as the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by his servant Jonah, the son of Amatai, the prophet, who was from God Heber. For the Lord saw that the affliction of Israel was very bitter, for there was none left, bond or free, and there was none to help Israel. But the Lord had not said that he would blot out the name of Israel from the heaven, under heaven. So he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. As the Assyrian Empire just continued to invade Syria, which country was enemy of the northern Israel. So here is a book, northern Israel, and then just nation Syria here. And then the empire just Assyria, just keep attacking this Syria. So take advantage of this weakened uh, just Syria, northern Israel, expanding their territory, just conquering this nation's Syria by taking advantage of this situation. However, Assyria, empire Assyria, did not stop expanding its territory, but only stopped conquering neighbor countries for a while due to their own country problems. After they problem, the problem solved, they will, expanding, they will expand the country again and again. It is kind of 20 or 30 years difference. So during that time, northern Israel had a chance to expanding their countries at the same time, have some prosperity at the time. The truth is, as we read today, the, from the, uh, as I read, God took pity on the people of Israel like a sheep without shepherd. So he restored the nation a little through King Jeroboam II. It was not a time of allowing them to sin more and enjoying their prosperity, but giving an opportunity to them, a time of repentance that suspended judgment. It is a pending time. So your judgment is pending right now. What shall you do? That is a pending time of judgment. However, as we know, because of the evil that continued after that, after and then evil continued, only 20 or up to 30 years after the ministry of the, um, ministry of the prophet Amos, northern Israel was utterly destroyed in 722 uh, BC by Assyrian Empire after three invasions. It was the most prosperous period politically, economically, militarily, but morally and spiritually, it was a situation of extreme depravity. It was a worse situation. It was right before the nation is collapsed, just, just kind of collapsing here, and then just 20 or 30 years later that this nation will just blow out. 
What would people do if they have only 20 or 30 years left until the Israel destruction? How about you? If our nation only 20 or 30 years left for collapsing, just whole nation is just will gone, will be gone. What would you do? What was the situation at the time? What did it look like when God considered their worship as detestable? I don't want to your worship. I don't want to listen. I, want to, I don't want to see your, I don't want to smell your worship. What does it look like? What did it look like? Can you quickly open your Bible to Amos chapter 1? Just as I mentioned, it is chapter, uh, um, page 764. 764, church Bible, just if it is, in, it is in front of you. 764. So from the beginning of the chapter, the prophet Amos proclaimed the judgment of God on Israel's neighboring first. So he does not proclaim the judgment of God, not just directly to Israel first, but he, uh, just Amos, just prophesying to Israel's na- neighbor's country. Um, verse Chapter 1, verse 3. For three transgressors of the Damascus. Can you see Damascus there? And verse 6. For three transgressions of the Gaza. It is Philistine. And verse 9. It is uh, Tyre. And in verse 11, Edom. And in verse 13, Ammonites. Ammonites, sorry. And also chapter 2, verse 1, Moab. And then chapter 2, verse 4, Judah. So just God is sending his kind of focusing on his judgment, this nation, this nation, not just focusing on just first book of northern Israel, but seven nations neighboring of the just countries kind of poking. So you will be judged, and you will be judged, and you will be judged, and this is judgment. And this is one, just seven countries, and just God telling them, what judgment, almost prophesying. So at the time, I don't know, just this is my imagination. This corrupted nation, Israel, were excited when he's a foreign prophet, just foreign guy, just coming to their nations and then prophesying that, hey guys, do you know? God will punish Gaza. Hallelujah. That is our enemies. And might. Hallelujah. Aha, good. They're our enemies. We can conquer them again and we can get profit from them. They will say that when God, prophet, just God tell them about seven countries that they are enemies or they are neighbors that they don't like. Okay, good. Let us go and attack them and then we can get benefit from it. And let, let, let us take their silver and gold and then let's, let us go. And they're exciting about Guess what? From verse chapter 2 and verse 6 to chapter 6, all chapter from chapter two, uh, chapter two, verse six to until chapter six, all judgment is focusing on northern Israel. Their face would change. Their color of the face may be changed after they hearing, "Hey, northern Israel, listen your judgment from now on." Let us go, Amos two about uh, from now on. Chapter 2, verse 6. Thus says the Lord, for three grand, uh, transgressions of Israel and, 
and for four, I will not revoke. Here, revoke is cancel. I will not cancel the punishment because this is this is their list list of the, their sin. I found out twenty one of their sins. So listen very carefully. When but when you listen, not try to listen as just your knowledge. I'm not just injecting the knowledge that you don't have to listen, but. Try to understand God's emotion. When my wife said that, um, just when we quarrel each other, she literally saying that I hate about your action that you did, and at the time I had to pay attention to her and listen her saying very carefully. If I don't listen, our quarrel became more bigger, right? So it is the same thing when God is. Pouring out, he's venting out his emotion right now, frustrations. Let us not thinking about our knowledge, but let us focus on his emotion. Two six, selling the righteous for silver. Do you have a silver? Give me one, then I can sell the righteous one for you. You can make him slavery. Just hire him. Two six, selling the needy. Here, needy is kind of a poor person. So poor person's value is kind of a pair of shoes. So you can buy maybe 100 bucks. I, I purchased these shoes for $30, as I know. And if you have $30, you can hire, this, you can buy this slavery. You can buy this poor person, and then you can hire him in your house. 2-7, verse 2, uh, chapter 2-7, they trample the head of the poor into dust of earth. You don't have money? You're under my feet. They turn aside the way of the afflicted. And Hercules is, is kind of, hey, Joe, I need your help. And then I turn aside my face and then, sorry, I cannot hear you. Sorry, I'm not interested in your. 2-7, a man and his father go into the same girl. It is a sexual depravity, right? I cannot imagine that my son and going to the same woman as mine. Two eight, they lay themselves down beside every altar on garments and take in pledge. Pledge is a kind of security deposit when you loan, just when you loan the money. So at the time that they take just your just garments. And then here pronoun they refers to religious leaders so religious leader on Sunday, just guess, guess what? Joe Park is sending a sit, sit on the just portico there and then on the table, how much you own? Just give me your garments. And then it's on Sunday and then not, come, not, not encourage people to worship, but kind of how much you own? Give me your garments. That kind of business just kind of happening with the religious leaders. Chapter 2, 12, you made a Nazarite. The Nazarite is a group of the Jews that devote their lives to God. So they are not supposed to drink wine, but people made the Nazarite drink wine. Hey, I know you are called by God, but it's okay. Just one, one sip of cup of wine is okay for you. 12, chapter 2, 12, commanded the prophet saying, don't you shall not prophesy. Zip up your mouth. Don't say anything to me. Chapter 3, 10. 
violence and then robbery in their strongholds. In here, strongholds means it is in the city. No police, no security, and then no cares. I heard that one time in the septa, when there was robberies and then kinds of sexual just, uh, just wrong things happening, no one called the police and just watching people. Verse 4, uh, chapter 4, 1. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan. This is just from God. Who are the cows of the Bashan representing the women who are in Israel? Who are on the mountain of Samaria? Who oppress the poor? Here, they, can you see that? Even woman is oppressing the poor. And a woman is oppressing, crush the need. And who say to your husband, Honey, bring that just wine so that I can drink. Why is she oppressing the poor and the needy? And then she kind of asking her husband, Hey, honey, just bring alcohol. I want to drink some alcohol. Eleven, um, chapter four, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven. When God sending this kinds of famine, lack of bread, no water, no fruits, no future, and invasion from other countries, then they are supposed to feel that yeah, hey, we are something wrong. Let us kind of figure out what's going on right now. We are because we are something wrong. That's why we have no food, no water, and then just no fruits, and then no future. And right now, just kinds of other countries invading us. Let us figuring out. But they lack of spiritual common sense that they they are not turning back to God. Verse six. I gave you clean cleanness of teeth in your cities, which means that cleanness of teeth means the famine. Lack of bread in all your places, yet you did not return to me. Verse 8, water, yet you did not return to me. 9, yet you did not return to me. Can you see that? Yet you did not return to me. So each time God sends some signal to them, but their spiritual sense is just broken. They cannot hear, they cannot sense God is calling you. So they cannot sense the feeling of the just spiritual, spiritual sense. Chapter 5, 10. They hate him to reprove in the gate, and they abhor him who speaks the truth. So in the gate, usually the um, elders are standing there or sit down, and then on the way, it's kind of a young guy, just not just wearing pants. Hey, young guy, is just wearing your pants. Just behave well. And his elders kind of saying that. But this just generation saying that, who are you to, to speak to me? And this is really happening in South Korea. When teenagers are smoking outside very vividly in the public area, just elderly person, I think 70 years old, just a person is kind of revoke, just revoke, like kind of discipline them. You are teenagers and you are not supposed to smoke in public area, even if it's not for your health. Guess what? They beat, they beat him up so much, and then he almost in coma situation. So it happened in South Korea. So they, the generation doesn't want to listen who reproves 
and then revoking some just kinds of just disciplines, societies that doesn't want to listen, elders just wisdom. Eleven, you trampling on poor and then you exact taxes of grain from him. No mercy for the poor. Twelve, you are you who afflicted the righteousness, who take a bribe and turn aside the needy in the gate. I take the bride and then just kind of afflicting righteousness. Chapter 6, 4. Lies on bed of ivory. Ivory is kind of a tusk of the, the elephant, the tusk of elephant, and then just, it is very luxury bed at the time. And, and stretch them outside of their couch, eating lambs from the flock and then calves from the meat of the stores. Why this is a sin? Sorry, we ate uh, barbecue ribs uh, last Thursday, so <laughs> it is okay to calves and then lambs and then ribs, babies. But why at the time is problems is that if you keep eating just a pork, the babies of the animals, and then they, can, they cannot, there is no birth, and then kind of disappear. So at the time that they lack of food, but these rich people, and then there's kinds of rich people and the leaders, they don't care about the future. I want soft meat, Enrique. I want soft meat. Just bring it. I don't care how much you have. Just bring it. Fatten cows. That is the only thing that, that what they want to do. 6.5. Who sing idle songs, the sound of hearts. And the only thinking about is K-pop, pops and pops and just rock and rolls. And the idol songs, it is secular songs. And then 6-6, six, 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 who drinks wine in bowls and then kind of, you know, huge bowls and then drink wines, kind of alcohol, alcoholic. Anointed themselves with the finest oils and kind of these days you can see many finest, just if you go to some massa place, uh, uh, just, you know that just they put some oil but every day, this woman, they are wearing finest oil and it's consuming oil. And do not care about the fallen of the nations. They don't care about the 20 years or 30 years of the, our nations. Right now, if I'm enjoying, just don't bother me. 6.12, you have turned justice into poison. Because when you think about po- just justice, oh, our nation is kind of, I can, I can see that many justice on um, just people and then righteous people we living in. So I just can't, when I think about my nations, oh, okay, this is good. But when you think about justice of Israel and then Israel, you just bitter, bitter fruit. 6.13, have we not by our own strength captured the Karnaims and then for ourselves? They boasting about their power. It is not from God's help, but it is for our own help. So you can see this 21 list of the whole this list. As we read these verses, we could imagine God was broadcasting each evil doers, kind of 24-7 cameras that individually just watching over them. We can easy, easily think that opposite of the, what we just read about representing is justice and righteousness. So what are, just question, what are justice and righteousness? Righteousness, a society that values people more than money, a society that does not ignore the voice of the poor, a society that is not sexually corrupted, 
a society that does not weigh people heavily with excessive debts, a society that can protect and preserve the righteous people, a society that can listen to people who speak upright, a society that does not oppress the poor, a society with many godly women, a society with a, a society that repents and seeks God when they made a mistake, a society that sings reverent praise, not just K-pop, a society that is not drunk or addicted to alcohol, a society that loves their own country and pray for the future of the nations, a society where all citizens practice justice and righteousness together. That is what we dream. That is what God desires. The definition of the justice revealed in the Bible is not in the passive sense as we usually know, know it in the legal sense. If you did not crime, you are just, you are just and you are okay. But in, in biblical perspective, it is active sense. In the perspective, it is not enough to say that I did not wrong behavior and words, so I did not commit a crime, and, and also I did not commit crime, which we think that is justice. But biblical justice is much broader and deeper that not ignoring and turning away from the weak and listening to the stories of the people and, and then just marginalized marginalize people and then helping them with uh, their difficulties, most of all, a community, most of all, this is important, a community keeps seeking God's law and guidance. When they have an ambiguity on this law, they go into a community coming to go and then just to God and then let us discern what God's will. That is justice. That is righteousness. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. God expects this kind of justice to flow through society like a flooded river. This Hebrew word, like water, means that not just river that is kind of slowly going, but it's a flooded water. Flooded water. Just, just, you imagine that, have you ever seen the flooded rivers? It is very fast and strong. It almost is swiping everything. God expects our justice roll like waters, like a flooded rivers. Also, he wants this righteous, practicing righteousness to flow like a never drying streams. It's the streams that it is that sometimes dry, sometimes not just flowing, but never drying, never drying streams. God wants, God expects, God desires, God wants to see these kinds of societies. So now we have a under, better understanding of a justice and righteousness of God. And why want us to move on? Last question. How can he practice this justice and righteousness as well? Just well, uh, to think of this question, I want us to focus on the phrase, the day of the Lord, which is in the verse 18, today's passage, uh, today passage. The day of the Lord. I would like to summarize one important thought and then share it. I, I think that this is a critical, this is most important information for today's message. As mentioned above, Israel was enjoying prosperity and wealth, their wealth, and also politically, economically, socially, it was perfect. But spiritually and morally, societies was in the worst situations. 
Therefore, as the commentator says, we should not take the prosperity and wealth shown in the book of Amos as a sure sign of God's blessing. We should not think that in the book of Amos that if we see that the wealth and then just the money is running well and then politically and then economically and it's running well, we should not think that they're okay. And then we, think, we should not think that oh, they are blessed by God. We should not think these kinds of wealth and then prosperity is a sure sign of God's blessing. As mentioned in the text above, most of their wealth was accumulated through the corruptions, pressure, tyranny of the leaders and the rich. It was nothing but dirty wealth obtained by the powerful manipulation of the poor. In addition to above summary, just listen very carefully, in addition to above summary, the false blind beliefs of the Israel leaders and the riches were truly foolish and wretched. It's miserable. They thought that first. Wealth to them is evidence of God's blessing. If you have money, you have just you, you just we recognize you as you have your God's blessing. If you don't have money, you are cursed. So people of the Israel leaders and the rich thinking that wealth is that God bless me. Second, this blessing makes them to this blessing make them to keep thinking them make make them to continue to think that God is with them. Because I have money, which means that God is with me, God is blessed me, God is with me, and then God will put their enemies and under their feet on the day of the Lord. So I, why in the, this was why they look forward to seeing this day of the Lord. When they're hearing the day of the Lord, they are excited. Why? I have money, and then all my enemies will be under my feet. That's why they look forward to seeing, look forward to hearing. When people sharing the day of the Lord, day of the Lord, they exciting about it. Why? Because they're thinking that their enemies will be their underfeet. In the meantime, waiting the day of the Lord, they keep loving money and just wealth. Their God actually is not Jehovah God. Their God was materialism, mammonism. Their God was money. It was used to reinforce the blind belief that because I have money, God is blessing me, God will punish all the enemies, so I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. They reinforce this kind of vicious cycle and keep thinking that reinforce and reinforce. They, it equals blind faith, false beliefs. In verse 18, Prophet Amos declares to the leaders of Israel who thought that that day is restoring day of their position but would not be the day you become rulers but the darkness day of Jehovah's severe judgment. That's why Amos was really, really despised by the Israel, the northern Israel. And in the beginning, just as I share, chapter 1, hey, Ammonites, Judas, and all countries, maybe he was popular, and then all of a sudden, the story is changing to, hey, 21 of the list of your sins, and then they despise, they hate the prophet Amos. Here is a final, just 
verse 18. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. Here is the final question. How do we practice justice and righteousness so that God would accept our worship and life? It is to be conscious of coming of day of the Lord every moment. If the leaders of Israel had rightly believed that the day of the Lord was judgment for sinners and reward for faithful ones, their absurd blind faith and enforced faith might have been slightly different. Only those who live in awareness of the day of the Lord can live in the moderation, discerning God's will in every single of the moment in their daily actions and practice justice to righteousness. Wouldn't, you just, wouldn't our lives be changed if we lived humbly while checking whether what we think and believe is really true and really is honoring our, our Father? If we discern God's will every moment, each step of our lives, then our lives would honor him just our Father. Wouldn't it be? This is conclusion. This is from Hebrews 9, 11, 14. But when Christ appears as a high priest of good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats that calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and then sprinkles of the defile the persons with the ashes of the heifers sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? If God made a covenant with the people of Israel in the blood of an animal on Mount Sinai and expect ethics and then gave them ten commandments to follow, he expects them to follow ethics and ten commandments. This is the standard that what I expect from you. And he made a covenant with Israel with the blood of animals. Now we have a living conscience that has been washed forever with the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't our God expect more higher than level, higher level than Israelites? Let us not confuse Practicing justice and righteousness without being in Christ has no value in, in the sight of God. This is very important. If we just practice in righteousness without being in Christ, that is nothing before God. On the one hand, if we do not actively practice justice and righteousness while we are in Christ, God will not accept our worship. Let us become Christian who practice justice like a river and righteousness like a constantly flowing streams so that our God may delight in our worship. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the leaders of Israel oppressed the poor and earned the riches, blindly believing in coming day of the Lord as a day of their exaltation. 
if our hearts are renewed with the holy blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we are still repeating the evil deeds of the past, may you come to our hearts at this moment and convict our sins so that we can genuinely repent and practice your ways, your justice and righteousness. Please guide us to live a life that pursues the way of the Lord. In the past or even now, if we are using our power to oppress others, taking advantage of our positions, and unjustly deceive, uh, deceiving others, then help us to remember the day of the Lord, the judgment day, and ponder, think deeply that we must stand before you who repays us for our sins, but reward for faithfulness. Inspiring us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling from now on until the day of the Lord. We pray in the name of our Savior Jesus. Amen.